We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview real principals who are doing amazing things to help our students every single day. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter, at Jethro Jones. I am honored this week to interview William Parker, who's the principal at Skytook High School in Oklahoma. This is a great conversation, and I am just so, every week I'm just amazed at how much I learn from these principals. You're going to really love this one. He deals with a very sensitive issue, which is student deaths, and tragically, they've had two this year. And you're going to learn a lot about how they have dealt with that and what Willow has done to make that a better situation. He's very impressive. Um, Please excuse the audio quality on this. Because of technical difficulties, we just recorded our phone conversation, so it's not amazing quality, but... I do kind of feel like an old-time radio host with a call-in show, so that was pretty cool for me. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this. Please also follow um, William on Twitter. His Twitter name is at WilliamDP. He says some great things and has some great conversations. I think you'll learn a lot from him. start just tell a little bit about um about yourself and where you're at how long you've been there a little bit of your history that kind of stuff sure well thanks uh thanks jethro for letting me be on your podcast um and i've had a chance to listen and you're doing some great stuff um the uh my name is uh, uh will parker i uh online i go by my full name william d parker and i'm principal at sky Tuke high school which is a High school just north of Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are a uh, uh, 9 through 12 high school with 750 students. We're a um, a uh, small town atmosphere, but uh, 
just close enough to Tulsa uh, to be, uh, some people consider a bedroom community, but um, but we're also a, a community of our own, um, and so it's uh, it's a great place to be. Uh, we've got uh, great teachers, great students, and um, this is my first year as site principal. I've been here um, the past seven years as assistant principal, and when our principal retired, um, I moved into her position. So um, I'm I'm living the dream, and uh, my daughter's yeah. a freshman this year, so this is my first year to have one of my own kids as a high school student. So that's been a, that's been a fun adventure too. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, how far are you away from Claremore? Not too far. Um, Claremore is about a 25-minute drive from here, uh, maybe 30, okay. depending on the depending on traffic. That's where my wife is from. So. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a few nights there when I was dating her, and I lived in Texas, and she lived in Utah, and uh, I went up there to meet her parents, and I think she might have come out once, or we had gone out there a couple times. So, anyway, I, I know that area a little bit, and it's pretty nice out there. Well, we've got I've got good friends in Claremore. Okay. Um, so you were the assistant principal for seven years at your school before you became the principal. Um, can you talk about some of the some of the things that you really loved that the previous principal was doing that you want to continue, and some of the things that you were uh, excited to change when you finally took control of the school? And not disrespectfully or anything, but sure. we all lead differently, so it's okay to admit sure, that. Well. Yeah, well, I served with a fabulous principal, uh, Donna Brogan, who um, just retired after uh, more than 20 years in education, and she she was a fabulous leader. And some of the things that she taught me um, by working with her for so long was just how to uh, work with teams, how to make shared decisions, um, and how to uh, how to treat your staff uh, with trust. Um, Instead of uh, making your decisions based on um, uh, your your weakest team members, to make your decisions based on your strongest team members. Um, so that was a that was a great motivation for me to to think to learn to think that way to make my decisions based on our superstars and what was uh, how would they manage school if we were designing school the way that they would like it to be. And so um, you know sometimes. Leadership is often reactionary. We we react to the fires that we need to put out. Um, but um, when you think about creating a school based on what you want it to be, and then you're a little more proactive in trying to create and design those structures ahead of time. So um, so she did a lot of, uh, of team building with our uh, with our teachers, and also just creative ways to motivate kids to be successful. Um, we create a lot of incentives for our students that if uh, you know whether it's uh, test exemptions, um, or uh, last year, the, her last year here, we started a, a motivation for kids that um, that pass all of their state testing as seniors. Um, in Oklahoma, we have seven total state tests that kids take before they're mm -hmm. out of high school, which is just enormous and burdensome. Yeah. Um, but for the student that decides that they're going to pass every one of those, because they only have to pass four to get a diploma, we came mm -hmm. up with something called a gold card uh, standard, and we borrowed this from a neighboring district. Um, but uh, the gold card is for a senior who has taken all seven and passed all seven of those exams, even though they're only required to pass four. 
and a gold card student um, gets uh, privileges of um, off-campus lunches every day because um, we have a closed campus. So they, uh-huh. they have permission to show their cards so they can leave uh, daily for lunches as, as they choose. Um, and then they also get a few other perks like um, some, some free tardies and, and at graduation they wear special cords uh, uh, to signify that they met that standard. And so it's, it's been a big motivation for a lot of our kids to not just um, pass the required tests but to try to do well. And it's helped our school score as well. We're an A school. Yeah. Um, we're an A school in, in our state, and part of that is because um, our kids are doing better on testing. And um, yeah, so that's, so that's something that we've continued that we've that we've continued since I've stepped in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so our district does something called differentia, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, our school ha- our school district has differentiated diplomas where we offer advanced diplomas and advanced honors diplomas and they have different criteria for for achieving those so that there's some incentive yeah. for students to prepare early even in ninth grade to start um, becoming ready for those more advanced and difficult skill sets yeah that's that's awesome and we're we, we're work that's something we've been working on too is trying to create advanced and honors tracks for our students so that mm-hmm. they have special recognition um when they graduate too yeah so what's something that you uh that you were excited to change that you you feel well, is your baby that you've been able to help them? you know this 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 doesn't seem very exciting but it's it's something that um was a priority for me coming in was to try to figure out how to better um, to, to better structure and organize um, roles and assignments for people uh, throughout our building. And uh, I think one of the challenges of school leadership is, you know, you spend a lot of years teaching, and I spent 10 years in the classroom before I was in the office, and then suddenly in school leadership you're also in a management role. And so um, and so I've had to learn some skills that I want, that I wasn't taught as an educator, even though I went through educational leadership. Um, for my master's, and part of that is just learning how to, how to design and and then communicate your responsibilities. And so, uh, so part of our um, transition this this year has just been um, sitting down with our office staff, um, our counseling department, the people that work in those office positions, and really um, hammering out specific and key responsibility areas. And um, and I actually got the idea from a, a book that I was reading over the summer um, by Dave Ramsey called Entree Leadership, and it's a oh, nice. it's actually it's actually a book for um, uh, for people that are interested in entrepreneurial uh, business ownership. And uh, but he's he's just got some great management um, and leadership uh, keys in there. And so um, one of the uh, one of the uh, designs that he uses called he calls them KRAs, which are key responsibility mm-hmm. area assignments. And so so I sat down with my office staff at the beginning of the year and we, we, we listed out all of the key responsibility areas for each person and then put those in writing so that um, throughout the year as things came up, um, everyone knew to whom they should go. And there's a lot of of hidden rules like that in schools. Um, mm-hmm. but we were but we brought in um, over the summer uh, we replaced um, twelve teaching positions. And so it was wow. a very 
it was a very busy summer for us in terms of recruiting mm-hmm. and hiring and um, and uh, and working with some new teachers and some veterans that we also recruited. And so um, I wanted to make sure that they knew because um, sometimes it takes years for teachers to figure out, oh, that's the person who's um, who I can go to for that report or for that information. So I wanted to make sure that stuff was was explained ahead of time and that those roles were defined as well. So um, so it took time. It took it, it it meant sitting down and having long conversations and and um, and then prioritizing and deciding if you found out two people were managing the same area, who was going to be the one that was respo- ultimately responsible for it. And um, but in the but in the end, it's been um, it's been pro- it's been productive. It's not something that parents will ever see. It's not something that students even know it's going on. And most of our teachers um, don't really see the um, how beneficial that is. But for from a leader's perspective, it's helpful to, to kind of know ahead of time who's who has responsibility for those key areas throughout the, the school year, and then um, and then um, they're the ones that that carry that weight, and they're the ones that you turn to when things are going right or when something needs to be corrected. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey and of uh, Entree Leadership, and I listen to the Entree Leadership podcast faithfully. Have you listened to that podcast? I've listened to it. In, in fact, um, I haven't listened to it in a while, but um, that's uh, that, that was the first podcast, I think, that I started listening to that was leadership-focused, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it turned me on to some others. Uh, Michael Hyatt, um, is uh, yeah. probably the most my uh, my biggest go to in terms of, of leadership podcasts. Is they're just so practical, mm-hmm. and so I really I really enjoy listening to him. Yeah, I think uh, I think the stuff that uh, that Dave Ramsey has in that book on for leadership is is super valuable. When I that book was released when I was first appointed as a, an assistant principal at the school I'm at now, and he. Uh, I bought that for me and for my principal, and we both read it. And you know, it's been a, a guiding force for how I how I lead the people that I work with, and um, and the things that I try to implement. It's a great, even though it's quote unquote for entrepreneurs, it's still great for it's good leadership. Period. And I I'm glad you're using that. I wonder if you'd be willing to share your uh, KRAs for your office staff. I think people would find that very interesting and beneficial. Sure. Um I've got a uh I've got a blog uh link on KRAs and so if anyone wanted to visit my website they can just go to williamdparker.com and um search for KRAs in the search area and they'll they'll find it. Um or I can send you right. the link later too if you want to share it. I'll, I'll um, add that to the show notes also for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about was you, your school has experienced some, some tragedy this year. Um, and that's a, that's a difficult thing for anyone to go through. Um, but you, from reading your blog post about it, it seems that you guys have, um, taken a very healthy approach to that. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? And, um, obviously you want to be respectful of those who's, Sure. Who were involved in we, all that? Um, yeah, this has been a difficult year for us in terms of student loss. We've had two student deaths this year. One at the very beginning of the year, or close to the start, we had a senior cheerleader that 
died in a car accident. Um, and uh, and then more recent, and then more recently, we had a sophomore girl who who was actually murdered in a domestic dispute at her home. Oh, and um, and so both of those were were pretty terrible and horrifying and difficult and all of those emotions that happened in, in a not just in um, well in any school community but um, within one our size where everyone knows everyone it's 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 so personal um, and so we learned a lot of lessons through those process and um, um, it's something else I've written about this year too on my blog but um, some of the lessons that we learned through trying to, to manage grief. Um, probably the f- most important one is just communicating. Um, we just went overboard in terms of making sure that parents knew what was going on, the teachers knew what was going on, pulling our faculty into an emergency faculty meeting the morning uh, so that we could all be on the same page, um, emailing out uh, all of our to all of our parent email lists, um, steps that we were taking as a staff to uh, respond to their kids and and to make sure that they knew that we were going to have grief counselors on hand um, to to be there for them. Um, and so just communicating was was huge. And then also letting our teachers know as we knew what was happening, and not just our teachers but our community. Um, the second thing we did was um, was just we tried to be as visible and present as possible. Um, and so uh, that meant for me um, contacting families directly to express grief on part of the, on behalf of the school. Um, and then assisting in whatever ways that we could um, with funeral arrangements. We didn't obviously arrange funerals, but in one instance, we we hosted the funeral because of the the uh, the, the audience size that they were anticipating and the time that it took place. And so, um, so we tried to do our best in terms of being present and visible and helpful in in the, in those situations. Um, and then number three, we. We really tried to maintain as much stability and routine as we could. We, uh, we, um, I, I really think it's important when you're managing grief to get back to routine as quickly as possible, because uh, it's healthy, and the kids need it. And uh, and within that routine, you still provide room for grief. So if a kid does need a break, or if a kid does need to see a counselor, or if a teacher needs to see a counselor, you've got that space provided. But but otherwise, you you stay on track, because. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so important to keep school managed that way, so that kids get back to the routine and realize that life does continue even even through tragedy. And then, um, and then um, the fourth thing we did was uh, we just tried to be um, open to creative and spontaneous um, responses from kids. So, um, so as they came to us with ideas, one day they wanted to wear a color and all take a big picture in the gym. Uh, for the one student that had passed, so we, you know, we we allowed that. We just waited until the end of the period to pull everybody in, and it was just a kind of a spontaneous, last-minute decision. But it was something that the kids felt um, was a good expression, and the family was really touched by it. Um, and there were other expressions throughout those times that kids asked for, and, and if they were things that weren't disruptive or that were that seemed sensible, we 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 tried to encourage it. Um, and then we pulled together, uh, not just ourselves, but we we asked for help from outside our school. There's um, we have a great community of of other counselors in other schools that came in, and and area pastors who were close to our students and families who were the kids were comfortable talking to, um, and so that was that was very helpful. And then um, and then 
a couple of other things that we did during that time was um, we just really tried to um, show appreciation to the kids that um, that are present. Uh, you can't forget to enjoy and celebrate what's happening even during tragedy. So I still made it a point to highlight student wins and to make sure kids that were doing great things were being acknowledged and and identified and um, and I, I continued to brag on them through my parent emails so, so that we just weren't um, sitting in in our grief without also remembering the great things that were happening around us. Um, and then finally, the last thing we did was, uh, and I'm still learning how to do this, but I um, I just tried to make it a point to be uh, to be a clear communicator to the media because we had quite a bit of contact from media. Um, in the first tragedy, it was almost all positive. Uh, in the second tragedy, the one that involved the domestic murder, they I felt like the media was trying to sensationalize that more and wanted to be on our mm-hmm. campus interviewing students, and I had to ask them not to be. Um, but at the same time, I had to be the point person uh, for that communication and uh, and to make sure that I had statements written and to the to the to the local uh, press as well as to some of the TV stations. Um, so that's that's a part that you forget sometimes as a principal that um, sometimes you have to you have to be the the uh, the point person and you kind of have to guard your school from that media intrusion uh, because it does happen. And then sometimes the media is very very um, um, cooperative and, and um, understanding during those times, especially the ones that I know personally. Yeah. And then um, I guess the only other thing I would add to that those experiences this year too is just um, um, as a leader, um, allowing yourself to grieve, mm-hmm. and uh, and just realizing it's it's okay because uh, privately you've got to you know acknowledge your own struggles and then. But then, you know, come to grip with the grips with the things that are that you remember are important about life. Because when you lose when you lose students, you always come back to remembering what's most important. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so sorry you guys went through that. Um, one of the challenges that we face when we're dealing with a circumstance like that is that there are so many different things that we could do. How did you know what was the the right, or maybe not the right, but the best thing for you to do? How did you make those decisions of, of when to allow spontaneity and creativity from students, and how did you know when to get back on track? Was there somebody that you talked to that you um, went to for advice, or was that that you just do well, the best you could under a lot of stress? I think, I think for us it came back to um, what I talked about when we started this conversation, which was just remembering how important being a part of a good team is. And so um so as a you know in in the background from everything that we were doing visibly, there were lots of conversations going on between me and um and people on my leadership team or leader teachers, you know, phone calls and conversations about what can we do or this has been asked and is this a good direction to go and um and so there was a lot of a, a lot of chats and a lot of conversations happening in the background where we were discussing um, those things. And then sometimes I just had to trust people. You know, I had one teacher that told me afterwards that um, the day after um, our um, our senior student's death, that when the class came in that uh, that shared class with her, um, they were just um, quiet and depressed, and 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 no one was even speaking. And 
uh, which is really hard to do instruction in in those kinds of yeah. settings. And so she finally just said, um, "Hey, let's just move to another another location for a little bit." So they they went out and sat in the commons and um, and just chatted and talked. And then they came back to the room again. And this time, one of the students said, "Could we just um, can we just get a sharpie and write on her desk?" And she told me later, um, "I'm sorry, I didn't get permission for 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 you know destroying school property, but but I told them go for it." And so they, there's a desk in that room where there's messages to her. Hmm. Um, so that I mean that's a that's a pretty powerful story. I've got goosebumps. I'm not feeling emotional hearing about that, but. Um, but the fact that if the teacher felt comfortable enough to say, yes, that's okay, shows that you have established a, a trust with the teachers that they can make those kinds of decisions, um, when they need to. And that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Can you talk a little bit about how you have established that collaborative culture where you give them authority to make decisions and and make them feel like they can do that without um, the fear of a, a reprimand or punishment from you? Sure. And I, I think part of that comes back to long-term relationships. Um, you know, first of all, I've been a part of, um, as an assistant and now a site principal, I've um, at least two-thirds of my staff are people that I've been a part of hiring. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so we communicate a lot about vision and, and those conversations when we're doing hirings about the the um, priorities that we have of hiring teachers who are both great instructors and also compassionate um, and so that's kind of a, it's a that's been a running theme here for for a long time at our school that my former principal established and something that when, obviously when she recruited me that was a priority that she wanted um, in my leadership and so as we've um, it's not perfect um, and we we've we're just as imperfect as any other staff. But again, I think part of that building that trust just comes back to, um, um, let me just give you some practical steps. Part of building that trust is making sure that when you're communicating to your teachers that that you treat them with the kind of dignity that, with which you want to be treated. And so, for instance, I, I'm not a big proponent of what I call shotgun messages, where let's say, for instance, you've got one or two teachers doing something wrong. Instead of yeah. blast, instead of blasting the entire staff, you talk to those one or two teachers. And so when we have faculty meetings, I don't spend my time harping on the things that are going wrong in our school. I, I try to address the directions that we're going, remind them of um, things that we need to be doing, and if there's something that needs to be corrected that is a that is you know chronic throughout our building, we address it. Um, but I just try to remember what it felt like to be a teacher and how. Um, and how I, uh, and the kind of respect and dignity that I appreciated, um, if I was given it by my administrators. And so, um, so, so a lot of that's just built over time. And I think another part of it too, and this is something my former principal was really good at, um, and I, I've tried to continue is just, is, is staying connected to people personally, knowing what's going on in their lives, knowing what's going on with their families, and making sure that you're connected to them, not just at a professional level, but also, at a level where they know you care about them as a person so that when you are having that tough conversation about a professional issue or something that may not be going right in a classroom, they still know you care about them. And, uh, and so even with, um, you know, even with situations as a school leader where I've had to coach people, 
into other um, choices or when people have decided to, to move on and to, to do other things. Um, we've tried to keep that as as cordial and meaningful as possible because uh, because relationships matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sure do. You're right. Um, it sounds like you've got a lot of awesome things going on at your school. And uh, it, I know you started this out saying that it's not too exciting what you've been doing, but but I know that, that building those kinds of relationships and having that kind of feeling among your faculty is an exciting thing because I know that it doesn't happen at every school. So I know that you're doing some great stuff. I end each of my interviews with two questions, which if you've listened, you, you know what they are. The first one is what is something that someone can do starting today to become a transformative principal like you? Um, I think the way that I would answer that is for them to, um, and this is a bit philosophical, um, I think it's important for a leader to stop and remind themselves why they do what they do, to understand the meaning behind their leadership. And so uh, for me, that means that I, I remind myself, I try to on a daily basis remind myself that I am I am both um, helping make this environment a better place for kids to be in school. And I'm also trying to find the things that are broken so that I can help repair them. And so I, that's kind of deep, but I think understanding the meaning of your leadership helps you yeah. stay, helps you stay focused. And so that's, that's an action step. I think that we can take every day is just stop and remind yourself, why am I really here? Uh, it's not always about reports. It's not always about meetings. It's about, um, it's about, uh, creating a better environment for kids and then helping to uh, repair the parts that are broken. Right. That is that is pretty deep and, and full of meaning, but it's also very simple, too. And mm -hmm. and it helps you make decisions later that that align with the why that you're there. And and we can't forget that. I think that's great advice. William. Thank you for that. The last question is, what is something in your office that is meaningful or inspiring to you that helps remind you of the reason why you're doing all this? Well, um, this is a bit self-centered, but it is um, something that I'm proud of. But in, in 2012, I was um, recognized as the Oklahoma Assistant Principal of the Year, and uh, awesome. and so I was given a you know some some wonderful things like a medal and a plaque and um, and then I was uh, given an opportunity to travel to D.C. and meet principals from all around the country. And so I have a number of memorabilia from that trip um, that I keep on my shelf, and I look at it quite often because it just – it was, um, you know, in education, all of us sacrifice every day. And it's not very often that we get the uh, – that we get recognized for those things. And I know that in my in my position I was being recognized – Really, as a representative for the other people and that do that did the job that I do as an assistant principal, but it was just one of those moments where um I kind of uh I got to actually enjoy um, um a brief you know a brief time of of applause and um and uh celebration for the for the hard work that we do every day and so for me you know those are you know, awards are small, small accolades, um, but sometimes um, it's good to glance over once in a while and remind yourself that, yeah, what I'm doing does matter, and sometimes people even notice it. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's great. Well, William, thank you so much for your time today. I I really do appreciate it. I've learned a lot from you, and I know the people that were going they're going to hear this will learn a lot from you as well. Um, do you mind sharing how people can get in touch with you and if they want more information about how to be awesome like you? Sure. And Jethro, thanks so much for calling and talking to me because I've um, I I just really enjoy connecting with school leaders. And so the best way people can find me is online. I started a uh, a blog over a year ago, and it's almost it's exclusively um, information that I write for school leaders um, because I, I I just found that um there's a lot of education blogs for teachers, um, but there's not always um, conversations that are happening just principal to principal. So um, my website is my name William D Parker dot com, and uh, and I call my blog Principal Matters. Um, and that's the best place to, to locate with me. If you're a Twitter user, um, my handle is William DP, and uh, I would love to connect with um, with people. And um, someone wants to give me a shout out, I'd love to 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 follow you on Twitter or um, or connect with you in whatever whatever ways you connect socially. Great. Um, I also noticed that you published your post on ConnectedPrincipals.com as well. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm associate with Connected Principles, and uh, uh, George Kuros runs an, a fabulous site over there. And so it's been a it's been so much fun to take um, to take my posts and and um, place them on Connected Principles too, because he has such a vast audience and and a global audience. And so it's just been a lot of fun to uh, to connect with principals, um, not just here in my own state, but really around the world, because uh, Connected Principles is is so well read. Yeah, it is, and that's that's how I found you originally. Awesome. How did you get connected with that, William? Well, um, uh, George Kuros is the uh, moderator of that site, and he's just a fabulous writer and speaker. And um, and through correspondence through Twitter and um, eventually through email, we were able to connect. And um, he has lots of contributing writers, and so um, I had asked if uh, at some point I could be a contributing writer. And um, after he had reviewed my uh, stuff for a while he gave me permission and so uh, so I have uh, I have a WordPress login that I can use where I can contribute my, my post there too now so he is in Canada you're in Oklahoma yeah um, you have, have you ever met him face to face never have it's just all been just it's all been connected through how you and I are connecting just, yeah uh, digitally I, I just I want to Go into that a little bit because uh, it's pretty powerful how how we can meet up with um, amazing leaders and principals and and other people through the power of social media and, and be able to have that um, connection and eventually become part of something bigger like Connected Principles, which is a fabulous um, website, blog, whatever you want to call it. And it, yeah, I learned so much from it and. I, I read almost every single article that goes on there because it's, it helps me be a better leader. And it's just fascinating that, you know, people are contributing who have never met each other but have just it is amazing. seen that they like what the other is saying. It's pretty powerful. It, it's amazing. And it's been it's been so eye-opening for me just to see um, just what's going on in the world of school leadership because now that we've got so many con- ways to connect socially, uh, you, I don't feel quite as alone. Uh, leaders no longer have to be on an island. 
there's mm-hmm. there's there are hundreds and thousands of others just like you. Um and and and, and that's a great way to find them. It's online. Yes, it sure is. Well, once again, um, William, thank you so much. Um, I will, uh, I'll let you know when this is published and, um, I'll send out quoted quotes on Twitter throughout the week that it, that it goes up so that people can, can be reminded of it. Um, again, thank you so much. This has been really awesome for me. I really appreciate your well, time. Well, thanks, Jethro. And- Again, just a great interview with Will Parker. He is amazing. Um, Please be sure to share this episode and this podcast with your friends. Let them know about it. Tell them what you're learning. I know I'm learning a ton, and I hope you are too. If you have a principal you'd like to recommend, I got a great recommendation this week. Please send it to me at Jethro Jones on Twitter or jethrojones at gmail.com. I'd love to hear some of the people you think I should be interviewing. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.